2: Welcome to episode 38 of Clinton Baptist Paranormal Podcast. I hope you're keeping well. Christmas is, well, it's fast approaching, isn't it, Linda? It really is. Oh, did you hear that was? It's only Linda Bloody Pollock. Oh, lovely. Linda, how are you set for Christmas? How are you? Have you put the Brussels sprouts on yet? It I've must be a good done... few weeks. <laughs> I've not done a thing yet, and I, I don't know whether I'll bother what
3: really <laughs> oh goodness me what is
4: that baby doing
3: not very much by the sounds of things to be honest i'm lucky that my parents still do christmas and they want us to go right so as much as it's a little bit of um, a journey to go and see them right once we get there you can revert to being about 14 oh.
2: open a fridge that's full of food that you've not bought all that stuff I oh love that. I, love that. Yes. I, I love that i i love that i might be hosting this year i don't know whether i'm gonna have Karen over yeah. um I'll, I'll see how it goes it's it's sort of very much up in the air at the moment. Be nice to be invited somewhere, Karen! Have you Karen? ordered your food yet? No, I My have not. I've put their order in ages oh, ago. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. what, Turkey twistlers isn't it, your like No, up.
3: the way they put that food on the table, it's like, you know that scene in um, Christmas Carol where he walks in and that one that's not Father Christmas but looks like a ginger one is there and he's got, like, all the foods and the suckling pigs and all that shit going oh, on. Oh,
2: God. It's really? like that! Oh, I don't want to overdo it, cos you know what? Really. <laughs>
4: Jesus.
2: That's that's what normally happens if I overindulge. Oh,
3: I like to celebrate the
2: baby cheeses. The baby cheeses, <laughs> that's right. Give peas a chance. Now, <laughs> please tell me, what have you been oh, doing? Can I ask you something? Right, yeah, There is a famous can.
3: podcast called Am I the Arsehole? Yeah. Um, A-I-T-A... Right, you're always mentioning
2: everyone else's bloody podcast.
3: just saying. Go on. People have got varied interests. Yeah. Right, going onto a petrol station forecourt, there are certain things you do and do not do, right? Right. If the two pumps in front of you, one after the other, say it's three and four, right? Yeah. Say uh, three and four, both of the ve- vehicle drivers are in the station paying.
2: We'll get onto the spooky wait, in a wait, wait, minute. Wait. Go on. Yeah.
3: And you are uh, behind four. Yes. Three is not back yet. Okay. Do you wait? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Baby, now, Linda, go on. So that you can my pull, pull to the front one yes. or do you just go and fill up and f- the person behind oh, you? Oh, I see what you mean. Do you have the good manners to yes. move forward? I always move forward.
3: I wait. I don't mind waiting another three minutes if it just means that we can both move smoothly on. Yes. And yes. I can start filling my car and finish at a reasonable time. Yeah, and I agree. I the person behind me just to move on and not have to think, oh, great, now I've got to go around you or wait looking at that empty
2: pump. What? I cannot stand. Other people sometimes, and that's an. Advantage. I know. Well, what about when people? Well, this is an obvious one, but when people they park up. And they go and do all shopping oh, yeah. in the bloody. I mean, go and do your shopping elsewhere. I had a, a, a thing yesterday. I went to Tesco's near us. I call it the gangster Tesco. <laughs> it's a little rough parade I've of been shops. In that one. You know the one I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gangster Tescos. So I was in there and I was queuing up, and you, you can do the self-service thing. But I had a drop of booze because I do like to get a bit <sighs> pissed up on a Sunday.
3: But that causes problems because a lot of the people on the cash desks aren't eighteen, and then you've got to wait for the you know Ex-
2: shop mum to go check. check. So you have to wait for all that, and a bloke in front of me now. I'm normally all in favour for a nice bit of chit chat with the shopkeeper, but really, mate, what are you talking about? Why did you don't have a conversation? <laughs> you know, I just want to get away on He's a Sunday. An gentleman. He was quite elderly, yeah, so I can. Tell the, the only person I've spoken to. All heavy bass. A heavy basket. I have to say. The other thing, talking about drinking. Oh my god! I've got to tell you something. I got an exclusive. This is the worst thing ever. Uh, last Monday. Which is a week gone yeah. from here. I went to, uh, I, I was a guest for someone's corporate ticket at Tottenham Hotspur oh, FC. Oh, right. And it's a very famous actor who I will tell you about in a minute. And Does
3: it rhyme with Obert Aniro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a massive Spurs fan. <laughs> Obert Aniro. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I went to this uh, match. It's all corporate. You get the champagne, champagne flowing. Yeah. It's all free. Yeah. The most exclusive seats for Tottenham versus Fulham. Okay. As with a. Well, that- that's the pay-off. Another yeah, another actor friend of mine. Anyway, it was one of those where they keep filling up the drink oh, while you're talking, yeah. and I was talking to this other uh, actorly fella, yeah, and and I didn't this pink champagne he even come to the table and they go oh would you like to try the Malbec as with someone else who went mm, it's all free Yeah. No, no, no I think I'll try the Shiraz and so this comes mm, 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 mm. so there was red wine champagne I thought I don't want to go mad so I, I, they said what, what would sir like at half time you have sausage mm. rolls at half time which is quite unbelievable I lie down by the sound. I lie down <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a defibrillator is what I need. So I, I, I sort of had this, um, all this booze. I thought, what I'll do is at half time, I won't have a drink. I'll just have a cup of tea. Did
3: you have a little Ming the Merciless red wine? <laughs> yes.
2: Wine on. lip. <laughs> I had wine lip, wine teeth. And yeah, I <laughs> that. Like Ribena. Ribena <laughs> up the side of me. A bit pissed. Couldn't really follow the first half because I'd had a few years, but just I'll just have a cup of tea at Half time <laughs> H- comes, there is a cup of but there's also various glasses of champagne and this red wine. I staggered home, right, (laughs) up Tottenham High Road... you know like a comedy drunk holding yeah. on to if you imagine sort of charlie chaplin or something mm. hanging on to lampposts <laughs> my god it was so awful and i got to my station where i was sick oh no i've done that before 55 years old and at that moment a couple of my neighbors came up and went oh he's clinton like that my god
4: <coughs>
2: that would have been awful and no, I wasn't wearing my white suit, so that that would have been doubly.
3: Yeah, that happened to me once. Yeah. Last day at college. Yes. Finished our final lesson about eleven o'clock. Decided to <laughs> take it into the yeah. pub, you know, just to I ch- know. chat about books and that. Yeah. Six o'clock. I'm back on the train home. Yeah. And uh, the motion of that carriage plus hefty amounts of oh, red wine God. again. My God. I got off that train oh. just in time. Lost me lunch. Oh. And then, as I'm sort of like staggering back up the steps, oh, hi, yeah. hi, Linda, I haven't seen you for ages. I'm thinking, God, no, not, not now, not, not now. now. Friend from school. I
2: know. Very quickly, I've probably even mentioned it on this show before, just while I've got you. Talking of drinking, this was a terrible thing. When we were at uh, sixth form college yeah. m- many years ago, many
3: mistakes were made back then. Many
2: they? mistakes were made. Over and, and over. I, and I've probably said this before, but basically, I had a room right up in the top of the house, right? And one morning I woke up and all the all the pipes were iced up, oh. right? So I turned all the taps on full blast, went off to college, forgot that it would thaw out during the day, didn't bother turn them off. The college was closed. We went to the pub. No! We are only about 16, honestly, and we went to the pub. In, the, in those days, you were allowed to go in the pub, and didn't give a shit. So I was in the pub all day till about four o'clock, and when I came back, two stories of our house had fallen down. Um, You're joking. No, 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 and um, the whole place was completely flooded and uh, nearly ended my parents' marriage, so... Wow! There you are!
3: Holy <laughs> shit! I did that once for, it must have been about 20 minutes, phone... you know, In, in, yeah. in our day, you didn't have mobile phones, kids. No, no kids. So you get a knock on the door, your boyfriend's on the phone, it'd be downstairs. And you would put the, the, ba- the bathroom, oh Christ, yeah. So I buggered off, sweet so yeah. so nothings, probably chatting a load of old shite Yeah, as well, yeah. it wasn't even worth it. Got yeah. back, didn't realise I'd left the tap on. Was My bath- room was swimming, so it was the sink, oh, sink we had God. a sink in the, in the bedroom. I know, I uh, know. Swimming, but also, those carpets at that university hall for residents have not been cleaned for you.
2: Oh! And Yes, I think we know that. That is absolutely... Well, there you are. There's a little insight into both of our lives. Thank you very much. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. If, please, don't just spend the day in the pub. No. Don't forget if you have left some water on. Thank you. That is a public service. Also,
3: boys, cause of all the trouble.
2: Oh, aren't they? Yeah. Filthy... (laughs) Bastards. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the flaming show as we speak to Nina Coward. Ooh-y-y. She sent in... <laughs> Nina Coward sent in this email, please, if you would, Linda. Dear Clinton and
3: Linda, this happened when I was about nine or ten. Yes. Already vague. Yes. Me and my sister and our mum and dad were driving back from my nana's house on Boxing Day evening, pretty late, probably around 11pm again... Scant on the cement
2: I would go so far as to say
3: (laughs) Yeah. My nana lived in Hatfield Broad Oak In Essex Near the Hatfield Forest Her little cottage was in the middle of nowhere Only farmland around for miles And the nearest shops or other houses were a good drive away
2: the road was pitch black and my dad was driving. These are roads with no markings and only bushes and ditch at the side. No path and some way is single lane. OK. In the <laughs> headlights ahead... On, hold on just a second. Yeah, In the headlights ahead... It's not needless data. In the headlights ahead on the left side of the road, we saw a woman was just standing there with her back to the road. None of us had said anything...
3: We all just saw her. It was initially strange. She was not facing the road yes, and was we, not we, You moving, said that, yeah. So didn't seem distressed or needing help. She was dressed in a cloak that looked almost like a sack, no OK-type okay material. As we approached, my dad was going to pull over to see if she was OK, but my mum just said, No, Gary,
2: just drive! <laughs> no, Gary, just drive! <laughs> no, Gary! Just drive! <laughs> <laughs> My mum said she had the most horrible, uneasy feeling. What, inclusion... she married Gary? Why does the inclusion of Gary make it more hilarious? <laughs> no, Gary! No, Gary, just try. <laughs> My mum said... We're coming across a bit snobby there, aren't we? No, we're not. My mum said she had the most horrible, uneasy <laughs> feeling and someone had told her not to pull over. We were all just quiet and we all had the same feeling, but we had all seen her.
3: She didn't finish as we passed. No, she didn't didn't flinch. She didn't Didn't flinch flinch. as we passed. Just stood there, so we didn't see her face, but we all recognised the clothes she was wearing were not of this period. Wow. It was so strange because it was late and there was nothing around and she had no torch as I looked back and there was nothing just pitch black.
2: Even to this day, when I think about it, it makes me feel uneasy. We all still talk about it and all know we saw something really strange that night literally shits me up. Ugh. Love and light and shite, and Nina. We're going to speak to Nina right now. No,
5: Gary, just drive!
2: <laughs> Nina is with us now right. and she is gorgeous. I think you'll agree. Fashion model, we're talking. Fashion model. Oh, stop oh, it. No! <laughs> stop on, it. Come don't on, stop. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> don't stop. Neither you time. look a million dollars. How are
6: okay. you? I'm very good, yeah. Just yeah. Um, close to Halloween now. Good time of year. Busy uh,
2: time up. of year for Linda. She's got a broomstick out.
6: <laughs> oh! She gets. Oh, she gets. God. Yes. And what are you doing? You've got got kids, haven't you? You're going to be taking out trick-or-treating. I have, yeah. I've got one that's nearly 14. She's a bit too old to be trick-or-treating, really, but she wants to. Um, And I've got a little eight-year-old, so. What are they going as, Nina? The little one wants to go as a ghost, so that's lovely and easy for me. Yes. Um, And the old one, I don't know, they get to the stage where they want to go as something like a bit sexy, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, my
3: twelve-year-old niece is going as dead to Taylor Swift, which I'm told is she. Yeah, because there's a line in Taylor Swift, like mm. one of her songs, where she goes, "Taylor can't come to the phone now because she's dead." So oh, I said, "Can oh, I that's... paint your face blue?" She said, "No, why would you do that?" I went, uh, "Hang on, you're just going to be Taylor Swift, then, aren't you?"
2: Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the thing. Can you tell the man in the room switches off when there's any talk of
3: Taylor Swift? No,
2: I love kids dressing F- up F- for Halloween. Do you not like it? You never dress up, do you? I I dress up for the running stage. (laughs) I dress up when people buy tickets for my roller coaster. Only for pay. Only for pay. I won't do
6: it for fun. (laughs) Um, Well, the veil is thin, isn't it? So you can uh,
2: the the veil, yeah. The Yeah. The, the, The veil is very thin this time of year. Thank you, Nina. AI you you see, that's Linda there scoffing. Now, I mean, what, what is it about Halloween? I don't know where it says in the annals of paganism that Halloween is a time to dress up like a right old slag. <laughs> Why <What, what, what laughs> is that? What? Oh, Halloween, I know, I'll go to Ann Summers and dress like a right tart. Clinton, you're starting
3: sound like a right old fart, you know. Star. <laughs> Don't see the
2: correlation. There are people who It's about I, pushing boundaries, Clinton. It's about having sexual intercourse is what it's about. Nothing to do with boundaries. <laughs> uh, Nina, <laughs> Nina Nina Nina. Oh, sounds like a police police car's got past. <laughs> Can you please just tell us? I mean, is it is it is it a thin story is it really something that has stuck with your family for many years is it possibly and i'm just playing devil's advocate is it um (laughs) is it just a lady stood by the side of the road
3: is there a woman out there somewhere in the world going and i was stuck by the side of the road and no bugger stopped for me but something walked at me that's right it's
6: it's funny because i did i spoke to my mum about it the other day and she said she actually said it was on christmas day night right. she said it wasn't Boxing day so I got that well it merges into one when you're young doesn't it Gosh. But, um, and she said it was later she said it she reckons it was about between 12 and 1 in the mornings which makes it stranger really because right. why why would someone be out that late I don't I don't know and, and it was a feeling as well it was like a really
2: strange it's, it's, horrible feeling we all yeah. got do you think that it was a, a ghost or do you think it was a dogger or was it just a lady pissed at Christmas? Well, that's the other thing. I mean, it just, these roads,
6: like you can imagine, country roads, there's there's, there's one-way traffic kind of on them. There, there wasn't anyone else on the road because right. where my nana lived was out in the middle of nowhere. So it was, it was just fields. There, there was just nowhere she yes. could have gone. And even if she was walking, yes. she had no light or anything. And why would you stand she was
2: facing the road? Like But did she turn to Nina's giving us a demonstration yeah, now did you someone see that, everyone <laughs> turning her back slightly Thank you. I've seen people do that before. I know I know what's no again, again. So that's the difference between front and back, is it? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it. I've got it. I've got it. I've seen people do it before. You don't have to give a demonstration. It's very spooky. <laughs> and you think it was a cloak, it was old fashioned garb? Yeah, so, like, we all sort of said it was like sack
6: material. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Right, okay. And was this... um, So you think it might be a person from a previous age? Did the other people from a previous age? And it's funny because my mum actually said we should
4: all
6: draw it how we remember it. Yeah. And we just haven't got round to doing it because, you know, life. But we should all draw it I think and yeah because we, we all you know but like you say was it a woman standing there it was it was strange and like I said in in my uh email that my my mum had just said oh we should see if she's all right dad had said we should see if we and as we're coming closer, my mum went no no no, no Gary uh, drive 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 Gary
2: boss, <laughs> uh, <laughs> drive Gary
6: <laughs> okay fair enough and in hindsight should we have called the police and said there's some nutter on the
2: road I don't know Okay, well, I think I'm convinced because I don't see any reason you would be sort of in a country lane, you know, if it's in the middle of nowhere. I think that yeah. that's often where spooks hang around. What uh, do you I mean, hedge witch We're in that kind of garb? I'm just going to my Wikipedia. My Wikipedia. I'm saying uh, <laughs> he- hedge witch. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying rural hedge
6: witch. Apparently, well, it is a bit of a phenomenon. Yeah, uh, road ghosts.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know about crossroads, don't you? Dun, 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 no, dun, dun, not that. Dun, more no. spooky than that, even. Right. So, when people used to get, like, hanged or, but you know, uh, done for being witches, yeah. or highwaymen, yes. they were not worthy of going in consecrated ground, of course. Okay. They used to bury them at the crossroads. Right. So, that's why there's a lot of talk about, you know, Dick Turpin and stuff at crossroads. Yeah so you're right road road
2: phenomena is a thing right look around you yeah. linda look at some of the paranormal you know paraphernalia yeah. i've got in this room i know a thing or two so i know that, about that stuff. Black rubber one is that that black rubber thing is you know very well it's a fertility symbol <laughs> <laughs> i do know a thing or two i like honestly she's been in the his podcast five minutes so she's telling me about stuff i know all about it that's what <laughs> i do for a living Okay, you seem a bit rattled there. Did I tell you something you didn't? Yes, I do know about that. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. All
6: right. I did actually try and find out if anyone died there or if anyone else had seen the ghost, but I couldn't. Right. Okay. And can... a thorough investigation was carried out. Can you please? <laughs> can you please tell us roughly where it is, please, and I can look it up. Yeah. um It's in Hatfield Broad Oak on the Hatfield Ooh. Broad Oak Road. Where's that? um It's in Essex just farmland really we are going to look that up i mean i, I, I can find probably the exact location oh i would like you to do that could you send that yeah. off with you know joking aside it, it really did shit us up a bit okay all right as a family we were all a bit sort of quiet in the car we we're all like yeah yeah
3: what the hell so, just happened yeah and you've got linda here well i'm just trying to find a, a logical explanation for a family shit up Call me old-fashioned.
2: Going to come to my mum's 80th with that, <laughs> with that inch of rain that wasn't done very well. <laughs> anyway, right, well, that's a lot of fun. Um, all right, Nina, please send us the details, but you'll have to do it quickly because I want to get this on the podcast. Right, that's wonderful, Nina. Thank you very much. Please send Thank the you. details. Yes. Wonderful. All right, my love. Have a lovely day. Good luck for Halloween. Thank you very much. Thank all you. Right, my, all right, my love. Bye bye. Well, it's not often we get a truly. A properly scary one from uh, Take a Break, Fate and Fortune. But when I saw this, I thought I would offer it up to Linda. It's uh, an article that some of Claire Kirk has written in. She's 47 and it's called It's Playtime. <laughs> Spooky sort of thing. Here we go. If you would, please, Linda. I hung my coat
3: up as the nursery manager, Alison, came through the door. She looked so shaken. Oh. Is everything all right, she asked. Last night, I heard a baby crying. Hang on, who asked? She looked so shaken. Oh, is, Lin, everything Lin, right? Kin, is, everything is everything all right? Stop the
2: music. Stop the bloody music. Is everything all right?
3: Oh. She asked.
2: Oh. I hung up my coat. The manager nurse nurse came through the door. She looked looked so shaken. Is everything all right? She asked. No, you're quite right.
3: <laughs> Last night I heard a baby crying, she said, but it was only me in the <laughs> Sorry, building. Sorry, this
2: is absolute shit. They can't even write this thing properly. Go <laughs> no, on. this yeah. would
3: never happen. Last night I heard a baby crying, she yeah. said, but it was only me in the building. The nursery had only opened recently and we were still getting it sorted. I'd interviewed for the nursery chef job and i'd been offered it on the spot it was a very old house yeah (laughs) it was in a very old house that
2: had been converted Mm. (laughs) it had been a very old house that was converted it had three rooms downstairs and two stairwells one for staff only leading up to the kitchen plus a converted loft But we had no under-twos enrolled yet, and this had happened at 7.30, when Alison was locking up. Then she explained that when she'd left and got into her car, she'd looked up at the building and noticed the light was on in the loft room, with the window wide open. I went in, and it felt like I was being watched, Alison continued. I said... I'm just closing the window. Please don't hurt me. Then I ran back out.
3: Bravely, yes. Mm. Suddenly the doorbell chimed and we both jumped out of our skin. But nobody was there. Don't take the piss out of it. I went upstairs to get on with preparing the food and put the radio on. I checked the time and it was 11.15am, 45 minutes till lunch. Yeah, detail.
2: Then I heard someone running up the stairs. I think it was someone coming to the kitchen, so I popped my head out. Again, nobody was there. Can you stop yawning when <laughs> we're doing the podcast? I'm, not, I'm laughing. <laughs> The month passed by and the loud thumping sound kept on happening. When the beginning of the new term came around in September, we had lots of new children and staff start. Each time a new child joined, we'd all sit in a circle and sing a song to welcome them in. One morning, a little boy said, "'Circle, circle.' The nursery assistant was confused. Who's joining today? She asked.
5: <laughs> Is his a... hanging off? <laughs> I will
2: Stop the music. <laughs> I was joining. So Psychic Sally Morgan took up as a, a nursery nurse assistant. I've seen... So, oh, his head's Come off, his neck's hanging off. Is that fried? Is that comfort chickens? <laughs> all his little arm is hanging off. It's all bits of blood and skin. Anyway, uh, where did we get to? Aren't we terrible people? Aren't we terrible people? Who's that? joining today? She asked. <laughs> he pointed at nothing and said, her. The little girl.
3: ah, I couldn't believe it when the assistant told me, but most people just laughed it off. Another staff member was making her lunch in the kitchen, and I told her what was going on. She laughed and said, well, if there's a ghost, then turn the bloody radio off.
2: (laughs) Then, as she left the kitchen, (laughs) the radio went silent, and the atmosphere suddenly changed.
4: Oh, my fucking God.
2: What on earth, I thought to myself. I ran downstairs to tell her, but she didn't believe me. And when I returned to the kitchen, my jaw dropped. The paper towel was flying out of its dispenser around the kitchen! (laughs) Linda Farted. Nope. <laughs> that's what that's what happened there. Looking at the time, I saw it was exactly eleven fifteen AM again.
3: Just then Alison came to make some tea and rubbed her arms. I can feel something, she said the hairs on her arms, standing on end. How big were they to be
2: visible? <laughs> yeah, oh, big. oh, bloody hell, yeah. <laughs> Each day at 15, I became terrified of what would happen. I felt pure terror and an intense pressure as if someone or something was pushing into me. Are you mad? <laughs> It started with a feeling of hands gripping my ankles, eh? Then pressing into my back, almost as if they were trying to push me into the oven. My apron strings would be pulled undone, and my pants pulled (laughs) up. And the radio would keep playing a song that gave me chills Ghost by Ella Hend. Do me a favor. Do you stop the music? Do you really think a true spirit would go, oh, I know it was shitter up if we keep playing Ghost by Ella Henderson? Yeah. What a lot of bollocks. It always played no matter which... Put the music on. Uh, Ghost by Ella Henderson always played no matter which station I put it on and the volume would grow louder and louder. Can you turn it down? The assistants would shout up the stairs. They didn't believe it was
3: out of my control. I was going through this alone and was terrified I was going mad. I didn't know what to do. One time I tried closing the kitchen door. I knew it was stupid, as surely a spirit can walk through it, but to my astonishment, the handle started visibly turning up and down and the door banged frantically. Ah! I opened it again and the familiar pressure came, but this time there was banging from each cupboard to the next. The kids were waiting for lunch, so a senior staff member came to check on me and she saw how distressed I was. <laughs>
2: Oi! I knew this. I know this sounds crazy, I explained. But there was this knocking on the cupboards, like this. <laughs> and after I'd done it, another chilling bang shook the cupboards in reply. She
3: stood open-mouthed but she was a believer and felt sadness coming into the room. Each day I dreaded going into work and would go home feeling absolutely drained. By this point, a lot of the nursery staff had experienced strange goings on, feeling like they were being watched, seeing black shadows in the corner, etc. Coincidentally, Jesse, who was the dad of one of the children, was a paranormal investigator. Oh, God. Do you oh, know what's yeah. happening here?
2: Her getting tired typing, so she's going, right, let's wind this up now and bring in another <laughs> character. Yeah. I spoke to Jesse. Is that your willie? I asked him if he would investigate. Jesse felt it right away. <laughs> I was immediately drawn to the loft room. The manager and I followed him. I'm worried about you, he said, pointing at me. I can sense your energy and I'm worried it's attached to you. <coughs> oh, sorry, wrong one. <coughs> sorry, that was the wrong one as well. I carry on. He pointed his electromagnetic
3: field reader my way. Woo! <laughs> Do you mind? And said, it's standing right behind you. A family of five. Jesse also found the staircase to be full of activity. He believed it was more than a ghost, but not quite a poltergeist. I was just relieved there was finally an explanation. Well, if you want to take that as an explanation. <laughs> we were planning to organise a full investigation, but following Jesse's visit, the activity calmed down, so the managers decided against it. All oh, right, that's that sorted then. I was disappointed not
2: to find out more, but was glad it had stopped then i noticed something strange at home
5: about your pencil
2: (laughs) i'd often use a snapchat filter to take funny selfies of myself and it kept picking up a second face uh, when it was just me then one day when i was at home with my partner on the sofa when i saw i saw a black shadow behind him as i looked it floated towards the window. <laughs> I looked up and an image entered my mind. An old, thin man, dressed in black. It's really, really long and thin. Lifting his wide-rimmed b- black hat, placing it back <laughs> on his head and disappearing into the night. <laughs> my partner
3: looked up and said, Put the in the bed. Don't tell me you just saw that. Incredibly, he described the exact same vision
2: there you Island did the same thing
3: i was still curious so i started to do some research i came across an article online about a family of five who lived along that same road in colchester in the 1800s so many details were similar to the house where the nursery was a man called alfred and his family which included a young baby was owed money by a local man one day the man came round just before lunchtime <laughs> the level of detail <laughs> supposedly to pay him back but
2: instead He set the house on fire. Oh, my fucking God. The family were trapped upstairs and all died in a horrific manner while the arsonist fled to New Zealand. It was one of Colchester's oldest murder cases. Maybe it was just coincidence, but new staff at the nursery would all feel the same dark energy. Then one found something
3: bizarre in the loft. What's this creepy old photo, she asked. Reluctantly, I went to look. A framed sepia photograph of a woman was hanging... This is like, a every, it's like every horror film ever made. Yeah, but the floor in this is the house got set on fire, so how is her photograph still up there? The ghost stuck it there! Bollocks. When we took it down, there was a newspaper article from 1931 taped to the wall. You know, taped <laughs> with <laughs> salotape from 1931.
2: Oh, this is beginning to fall apart, this bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> no one knew where it had come from. Pulled out someone's arse. Luckily, I took a picture because it vanished days later. The following September, we had a new intake of children. I was delivering lunch upstairs one day when one boy walked straight into a cupboard door, banging his head, the silly bastard.
2: What did you do... What did you do that for, silly? I asked. <laughs> I'm following the man, he said, pointing. He just walked through that door. I was convinced the entity hadn't left. but was just lying dormant. I left the job soon after, and now I'm glad for a peaceful existence. Alison's name has been, been changed. changed. Linda, ha- this is the thing. Often nurseries do feature in spooky stories. Have you met a spooky child? Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Go on. My, one of my little goddaughters, when yes. she was
3: small, and I'm yeah. talking too small to be able to make shit up to spook adults. Go on. You know, when they're sort of two. I know, yeah. Um... We were in the kitchen, yeah. and uh, their house backs onto some very ancient trees that used to be u- used as the um borders of fields in the places where we in the place where we lived, right? So these oak trees borders for fields, yes, yeah. yes. So there's like a whole right range of them. So we reckon they're about four hundred years old, these trees right. And she went, "Oh, look up there. Mm. There's a man in the tree." You know. And we looked thinking, oh, maybe it was one of them uh, tree no, surgeons. Yeah, tree surgeons, yeah. Co- they do chop them up every, yeah.
2: every um, autumn or oh, whatever. Remind I mean to tell you about tree, tree surgery in a bit. Yeah,
3: so they make them look like knuckles, don't they? Yeah, I know. Uh, we looked, no one there. And her mum said, oh, there's a man in the tree and what's he doing? And the kid said, this man shatters both up. Go on. Nothing, he's just asleep, standing up.
2: Oh, he could have be, been. He could have been home. He could yeah. have been home from the tree. Yeah, I mean I... that's that's what we put together as adults, but. But she really was a little weirdo. Let me tell you, just this is not to do with spookiness, just for a second. I might have told you this I, all my stories. I might have told you before, but not long after I was a student, I got a job as a tree feller. This is true, and a tree fella don't do or the, A tree feller, a tree surgeon, a all tree right, surgeon, a fella that does trees. You know what I mean? I, a tree, tree surgery, but I was not. In, I mean, I didn't know anything about the surgery. I just used to l- lug the the branches to the. Did you not get roped up and go there? We once went to John Reed. Elton John's manager's house yeah. to do some tree surgery. And it was like, "Hi, Simon, we're going to go to John Reed's... and I thought, "Bloody!" Turned up with this massive estate to do this thing. And I was really impressed. I'm sure I've told you this story before. No, it's absolutely it. true. And we went in there, and uh, you know, me being a young twat. Uh, You know, always just the pecking order always means you're going to have the piss taken out of you when you're a young man like that. Anyway, we went in there and um, I was introduced to someone who they said was John Reed, And... This book was, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, me and Elton, I'll tell you what, was we've had them Stotsman, all. John Reed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've had them all here. We've had uh, Prince come here, you know, <laughs> we've had uh, Lady Dyer, we've had uh, Sean Connery, all the Bonds, I've met them all, <laughs> all I've the met bonds. them all, all the Bonds, uh, Robert De Niro, all that, you know. Fucking Sally Morgan, cheese me. Yeah, and all, and so I was like, oh, bloody hell, so uh, yeah, what? what my What's Elton Oh yeah, great Elton. Me and Elton, oh we go. We're like that. We're like the blood brothers. Oh, all right, okay, so and, and see see, this is where you won't walk it, man here by this report. <laughs> oh bloody hell. I was absolutely blown away. I spent the whole time when I wasn't lugging his branches talking to this bloke. Anyway, got to the end, I was saying, God, that's really amazing. What else can you tell me? Tell me all sorts of gossip, secrets, incredible stuff. So I don't tell no one. Get to the end they went, No, no, he was just the gardener. Oh and I thought I had I thought I'm gonna go to the tabloids. The stories I had, it's all bollocks. He wasn't John Reed at all. John Reed probably don't live there most of the time. Just a bloody cab there! What a chancer. What a chancer.
3: But Also, uh, ruined it by letting you in on the gag by the oh end. Oh, P- should
2: God. You just let you go and live in, in a la-la land. I know, absolutely. Anyway, so, that so yes, it, children can be spooky. And one never wants to say to someone's, you know, their parents, oh, that child gives me the creeps. Yeah. I'm not saying your niece is someone to give you the, the creeps. goddaughter, no. Goddaughter. When I was
3: a kid, I used to have an imaginary friend, and that shut
2: my parents up because he was very real. Yeah, and then you one day brought someone real home, and went, fucking hell, she <laughs> a real friend home for a change. Amazing. What a miracle. Bloody hell. Do you
3: think imaginary friends are spirits? Or just... Oh,
2: well, that's very interesting. Lonely, I think that's lonely possible. Lonely children filling in the blanks. I do have an imaginary friend who's sort of still with me, what? all these years later, genuinely. And he's followed me throughout... Um, this is true. Is <laughs> true? Called John Austin. He was named after Steve Austin, who was, of course, my hero. Million back do, back the dollar era. man. Yeah, yeah, million dollar man. And he's followed me through all sorts of periods in my life. Now, he could be a spirit. I mean, I've got Tarawak now really so I don't have the need for him but he is more of an imaginary friend than a ghost spirit so that's why I I make that distinction
3: I don't remember mine at all but apparently it was an old gentleman called Mr Somebody really yeah and it was just my parents were just spooked by the conversations we were having because apparently they were beyond what a kid would come up with really Mm. What, what sort of things? I don't remember him at all. But apparently it was very vivid and he would say, you know, we'd have conversations like I was talking to a real old person. They thought I might be talking to a nonce at one point.
2: Oh, Christ.
3: Because they didn't know who this old fellow was We're knocking taking... about with their daughter. But it wasn't. It was just uh, a, fi- a figment. I'm well, thinking. we've
2: taken a rather dark turn. <laughs> talking of weird people, here's Ruth, who I went to see again this week.
4: Uh, Hello Clinton
2: Um, Ruth I was I was thinking I I can't in all conscience let you have a Christmas on your own I probably will just be here on my own this year as well so Mm. I was wondering if if indeed you you did want to come and have Christmas in my flat, I'll sort out the damp and stick a turkey, and you bring your roast potatoes, and we'll have a jolly time. What what, what do you think?
3: Not sure, Clinton, Now. What do you mean? Not sure. You want me to come to yours, do you? Not sure. My um, Neil hardback book might not be working now.
2: Right. Okay. Okay. Well, don't don't come then.
3: It's no, I, 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 I will come. It'd be No,
2: nice. but not if Neil the Hardback book is, is, isn't working. I've just it's, remembered he's working. I've just All remembered right. he's working. So I can come to yours till so I come at 9am. Yeah, make it, make it near a lunchtime. All right. All right, my love. Well, I'll see you there Christmas Day. 11am. All right. 11.30. 11 11am. 11 see you at right. 11am. Bye. 30. Bye-bye. Fucking okay, no. hell. Wow! One of my favourites now, Jane Wallace from Take a Break. Now, th- you'll remember Jane Wallace. She, if you think Gordon Smith doesn't really commit to anything, Jane Jane Wallace is the complete opposite. She will nail her colours to the mast. Oh, is she the one that fills in with like, she, and she's a bitch, and yeah. she's definitely got it in for her <laughs> That's you. it. Right. Here we go. Is this song a sign from my friend? Here we go. A very dear friend and former classmate died in
3: a car crash when she was only 20 years old. Don't worry, this will cheer up in a minute. Don't worry. 20 years on I'm planning a party for my 40th birthday and I keep hearing her favourite song on the radio. It's a pretty obscure hit. Not something that usually gets paid at all. Not Ghost by Ella Henderson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if this could be a sign from her. Is she reaching out to say she's okay?
2: Says Ellen 39 of Wiggins. Now if this was Gordon he'd go no songs. Songs can give us all (laughs) songs are chosen by algorithm these days. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But no Jane. Listen to this. Reaching a milestone age means you will inevitably wonder about others you have shared your path with. I believe we all do this. My gut tells me, however, that the song and its words... Ah, indeed, a message from your dear friend. Definitely confirmed, <laughs> and it is her way of getting your attention. Try to listen to the message in the song's lyrics. It might give you confirmation about things going on in your life right now. I mean, if you are push, pushing the pineapple and shaking the tree, <gasps> that is really spooky. You about to say That's the what same I was thing. Going to... oh, we're having a gangbang. <laughs> we're having a ball. So it's an obscure hit. So I'm thinking you should
3: be careful what that might be, Jane. You don't know. It could have been about. It could have been older,
2: uh, chicken in the air, stick a up your nose. Yeah, that's right. Who knows what that is? And those, those lyrics don't mean anything. No. Uh, could they spend the time together? Look at this. Another one from Jane here, nailing her colours to the mast. My family is spread
3: out across the country, including my divorced parents. As my mum lives on her own, I spend Christmas with her, and sometimes my partner does too, or he'll see his family. He's not bothered. But as I'm getting older, it would be lovely to have Christmas in my own home. Do you see my parents being able to spend Christmas in the same room? Ask Jane, 31, of Coventry. Now, I will say, that's quite
2: an emotive subject. But, oh, Jane Wallace, don't hang back. I feel emotionally they have had so many problems. You've got the Five of Cups, which shows the battles you've gone through. I'm afraid there's not a chance in hell they'll compromise and come together. So you'd have to have Mum for Christmas Day and Dad for Boxing Day, for example. It's It's a bit presumptuous. Isn't it? Yeah. Why don't you just say yes, invite them over. Or, they, or, or maybe say, why don't you suggest yeah. very gently that they talk to each yeah. other? They will not tolerate each other's energy. Forget it. And you, forget it. And you need to ensure you make your day as special as possible. They are good people. They just don't get on. I see the love and pure energy you get from them. Well, I think actually we're reading this wrong because Jane. Well, our thought
3: when, you, when she presented this problem, yes. she was going to get some ex, extra detail about her parents that she did not require, right? Because that's yeah. what Jane tends to do, like. Yeah. Not since your dad put it about, <laughs> you don't
2: know <laughs> this, but do you, you know what don't I mean? want your dad for Boxing Day, the dirty bastard. Remember <laughs> what he did in Boxing Day, nineteen seventy-three. So actually, I think that's quite restrained for her. Yeah, it is. All right, okay, but but also irresponsible. Irresponsible. It's a little bit too on the nose, right? Listen, we on an interview now with some other wonderful comedians I met in York. A very spooky place. place. Jack Gledo is with me here at the York Theatre Royal. I met him uh, a few weeks ago down in London and we got on famously and I've always looked out for him ever ever since. It would be customary to say the same it do not matter, <laughs> none taken. Uh, he's here now, he's got a spooky story and please in the studio, Linda put on the spooky music,
4: Jack. Hello. Um, we've got the same voice. Yeah, um, you take the piss. <laughs> Well, my spooky story—it's—it's it's, its quick. It's quick. Thank I, God. I was—I <laughs> was in bed, and I opened my eyes, and there was an old man like leaning, looking at me. Yes. And I closed my eyes, and he'd gone. But I vividly saw an old man standing next to my bed, looking at me. Um, and it was—I wasn't—I was in my room at my house. It wasn't like in a hotel, and someone wandered okay. in. Two out of ten. Thank you, Jack.
2: <laughs> now, listen, Jack. We're going to VAR. <laughs> Don't let me go to the monitor. Don't let me go to the monitor to see whether that was a proper story or not. No, listen, the people at Stockley Park want to just go over it again. Right, okay. And I want to know this. Because quite often on my podcast, we deal with people who... Linda, my assistant, would believe they've had sleep paralysis. They're yeah. imagining things. They can't move. They're in a half-dream state. How certain are you that it was not that?
4: I don't think it was a ghost at all. But well, what are you doing talking on my fucking because podcast Because you fucking... Cra- I've never met you before. You dragged me off the street and said, I need a, I need someone to tell me a ghost story. <laughs> Christ, I don't man. know what it was, but it was weird. It was... Because I saw the face and it was very... I like... I I had my eyes wide open I, wasn't, yeah. I I know I wasn't asleep Yes um, My eyes were looking at a figure Yes that was in my room Yes So let's just say it was a ghost Well I will say it's a ghost because I'm the bloody expert
2: Who's the expert? You or me? <laughs> me And I'm telling you you saw a bloody ghost and I think that you do
4: have a certain magnetic charm for the dead Well he was kind of like leaning he leant in and it uh, Do you know what he looked like? Who? I'm going to say the, the old man in know him alone But like, probably because I watched the film that day. (laughs) Oh God, it's getting worse. This, (laughs) Jesus.
2: Don't try to
4: rescue it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you
4: know, have I seen the ghost? Come on, someone clear no, yeah, no, 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 but like, like that, have you seen it? You're in bed and... I've seen a couple of old men peering
2: over me with yeah, yeah. the <laughs> legs like that, yes, but they weren't ghosts. They were stiff, certainly, <laughs> but I don't know whether they were ghosts. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jack Gledo. He's much better on stage than he is at telling <laughs> stories like this. Trust me. Thank you, Jack. Good luck in the show. Thank you. All right, awful. I'm here with Luke Jones. He is the promoter of tonight's extravaganza here at the York Theatre Royal. OK, so,
8: I was at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House in yeah, Newcastle. Down. I was at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House. Don't take the piss, just slow down a bit. I was at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House now in Newcastle. Get on with <laughs> it! <You know. laughs> and I used to work on a radio show in Newcastle. No-one likes a show off, <laughs> go on. Where he went off on, um... And yes. we did one in the Tyne Theatre. Yes. And it was at the end of the night. We hadn't really seen anything right. or caught anything. But I then went with one of my colleagues to go and collect equipment afterwards. Right. And we heard as if, like, stagehands were moving stuff backstage behind the curtains. Right. And there was nobody there.
2: I have played that theatre. Yeah. And we are playing it soon. What yeah. Which stage are we playing
8: it? Uh, 30th of November.
2: 30th of November, folks. Please come and see it. at The Tyne Theatre. It's a wonderful theatre. beautiful. And and you never know, you might see a ghost there. What did you... So you peeked behind the curtain, literally, and what did you see? Nothing. There was nobody there. But... How certain are you that that's what
8: you heard? A hundred percent. And also, on the night of one of the shows we put on in Time Theatre, yeah. I was walking uh, upstairs in the dress circle area and a curtain, like, to go down the stairs,
2: moved and I was the only one up there. Wow! Well, devil's advocate. Someone else, a cynical person might say you brushed past it. Nah. Definitely not. No, because I was too far away from it at the time. It visibly moves, sort of yeah. bellowed out. Or? Yeah, bloody. That, I remember telling Matty. Matty is here listening. Matty,
8: do what do you remember of the night? Right. So yeah. So he told me that happened. I was on stage, and and he was. Uh, Did you scream? You so, made an audible noise. I ran down to tell you what I'd just seen. I was like, I've experienced a ghost, and I said. That's bollocks, that. Yeah. Are you making this up, Luke? No, genuinely not. I remember it. I remember him being really spooked because then he took me upstairs. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Yes. He took me upstairs and uh, he showed me
2: where it happened. Right. It's just a a curtain. But when you went up with Matty, did you see anything? No. Right, okay. That's been an anti, what we call an (laughs) anti-climax. But anyway, uh, (laughs) come and see the show. Just remind me, 30th of November? Yeah. 30th of November. Where can they get tickets? Uh, the Tyne Theatre website? The Tyne Theatre website. Um, please, you know, keep, do persist because um, it's a little bit of skeleton stuff at the moment. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a funny joke, isn't it? Uh, yes, OK, and there's another joke in there somewhere, but I can't think what it is. Uh, keep ringing and they might hear you above the chains. <laughs> and um, not, not as funny as the first one. And um, make sure no one ghosts you uh, at the switchboard. Right. OK, well, thank you Very much. Thank you. Thank you for this lovely gig. (laughs) (laughs) We're back with Jane Wallace.
4: (laughs)
3: I've just seen the headline on this one. You are not <laughs> going to believe it, not in a million years.
2: Someone has written in to Jane Wallace and wants to know this. How do I connect with manatees? Do you know, <laughs> do you know what a manatee is? One of those big, horrible... What is it? Well, big... it's like, it looks like a sort of cross between a seal and a dolphin, doesn't it? A seal, a dolphin and a, and a hippopotamus, a chunky isn't it? thing, yeah. With a big, horrible, flappy mouth.
3: They were Bit like Ruth.
2: Oh, <laughs> go
3: on. <laughs> yeah. I think, they were, I think they're called sea cows, aren't they, by some? Sea cows! Yeah. Oh, go on then. I watched a documentary about manatees and felt such an affinity with them, says Sophie38 of London. Mad. They seem wise and yet gentle. Now I keep on having dreams about manatees and I feel a deep connection with them. I wonder if one is my guide animal. Is there a way to further connect with manatees and their kind spirit? I feel
2: you're an ocean baby. You need to connect with the water and ocean. Well. She's, a, she's a squirter. <laughs> manatees! Oh my god! <laughs> manatees! I'll edit that out. Manatees are beautiful, kind and wonderful souls. It's an absolute privilege to be guided by them. Interpret your dreams. Use use breathwork and meditations so you you can connect with that energy. Interpret your dreams. Use breathwork and meditation so you can connect with that energy. It's all about growth. What? A they br- now. they bring a different type of energy within you, freedom and self-expression, which you need to start to learn. What on earth? does that mean? That was a lot of words saying bugger all. How do you connect with manatee's breath work? Imagine a manatee's breath is bloody awful (laughs) as well. Fishy. Now to our favourite.
4: Oh!
2: We've not dealt with her for a while. Nothing fishy about this. Nothing fishy about this lady. It's world-renowned medium Sandrea (laughs) Mosses. as She connects a reader with a loved one in spirit to discover what their life is like on the other side. In other words, just for those people who don't, don't follow this before she will speak to someone in heaven and tell us what it's like up there wendy burnett asked her to contact her husband jeremy and just for the newbies amongst you um, we've done quite a few of these and the
3: picture is always pretty similar think center parks but a little more dull with (laughs) workshops i think
2: that's what it is i think for some people that is their heaven isn't it anyway this is this is her husband jeremy speaking from the other side hello love glad to hear from you
3: this really is lovely i feel like i'm talking Talking to you directly. Over the years, I've been sitting beside you as you've written things down about us, almost like writing me a letter, but you had nowhere to send it. I read all those words you jotted down, more so in the early days, but still occasionally, as if to remind myself, you know, when I can be asked. <laughs> we never thought I would depart so prematurely, did we? I don't think either of us were prepared. I most definitely was not, and I did stay around the earth for a little while trying to give you the strength to keep going on for the sake of our children. You managed it well and you always do putting the girls before yourself
2: i have lived in several places since i've been over here trying out different things what's that caravan parks <laughs> static caravan parks <laughs> uh, mansion blocks i love color wendy it's the one thing i keep going back to understanding the vibrations frequencies and healing powers of color you would not believe what you can do by yourself using colour such as sending shards to disperse and dispel to wrap around and embrace people or animals wow people are animals is it yeah
3: we can even heal damaged and diseased trees in this way that's spooky tree surgery again yeah god yeah whales dogs dolphins manatees you name it we can help them the difference is they can see us Sorry. No matter what form we travel in, whether it's in the safety of an orb or in the shape of our human form, animals recognise us. Bloody hell. They can see us coming and welcome the healing from us.
2: Once out of the human body, our souls can communicate <laughs> with animals so easily. That's like, that's why dogs like sniffing them so much. It's like <laughs> chatting to each other. But in other thought form. I've spent many years learning how to mix things in the wrong way. Colours. Does he mean colours? Mm. It's a good job we practiced on each other eh? Hey, painting changed. he's had to like practice what, it was it with, his colours, with his colours with his colours sort of thing it. I don't know I've lost track now I spend a fair amount of my day putting what I've got visions of he's with some load of swatches at being <laughs> <laughs> mixing the different paints elephant's breath etc <laughs> now I spend a lot of my day putting all I've learnt into practice I visit sick animals mammals in polluted oceans or humans who are reaching out and asking for help We work together in very small teams, usually three of us, together we work our magic.
3: Healing as my guide Jeddah has always... There's always a guide, right? always a guide. This is where a you guide. find out about the other woman. Healing as my guide Jeddah has always told me is not curing. No. It's about healing the
2: soul. Oh, did she say that, that bitch? What are you doing up here with her?
3: And ridding it of things that no longer serve it. It's so much fun and brings me such satisfaction, my love. Oh. I suppose you could say I am a a very junior angel. Well, I suppose you could say that, you big head. <laughs> Thousands of years away from getting any wings, but we're engaged in supporting humankind and animals so to free them
2: from their suffering I still find time to come and see you when I'm not with Jada and I've watched our girls grow into adults marry and have children of their own so I'm not worried about them I'm, I'm off with Jada now I have never <laughs> it's my time it's my time you can find someone else I've never missed any important dates I'm the silhouette shimmering in the background watching over and loving you all I follow the energy lines and see the
3: conflict unfold. Oh, he's so wise now, isn't oh, he? Look at the kind so of pictures wise. of him in
2: his jumper you'd never have known. <laughs> what a big
3: head. What a big head. You know, the Middle East, I'm sorting it, I'm working yeah. on Why it. get on with it,
2: Jeremy, for <laughs> sake.
3: But can you mind, you can minutely change, uh, trace these threads and see how they tangle and entwine around each other as the conflict commences and begins to grow.
2: Jeremy, get round the table and start talking with people. Bloody Kofi Annan. Yeah.
3: How innocent people and soldiers of war become embroiled in these conflicts and how this impacts millions of other souls we can see the errors and the failures and sometimes the stupidity of it all yeah,
2: do something man we have these huge curved white marble building sounds like brent cross where you can find your era and subject and nestle in a quiet place and unfold the events as you follow the threads. You can see them on screens if it makes it easier. Those of us who are waiting for our family to join from a soul group and spend Form time Form a soul together. group.
3: Alright, oh, yeah. So when you do eventually join me, not for a long time I hope, I should be waiting for
2: you to show you the ropes. Oh God, explaining is, is everything. Oh, it into bondage. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Let me show you the ropes.
2: Together we will traverse this huge place with its infinite spaces so vast it's impossible to discover them all. But what fun we will have here when we go off on an adventure and I stop boring you to death with how good I am at international diplomacy. (laughs) Uh, I love you, my darling. I always will and we will be together again. He hasn't put soon, thank Christ. (laughs) Jeremy. It's a comfort linda that's all i'll say it is a comfort to some people Mm, man. yeah i don't know he's a bit of a know-it-all jeremy isn't he i find him a little dull
3: but okay as long as he feels like he's keeping himself busy i've got to say though if that is his full-time job he's not doing a very good job at it no he's not because the world is gone to that's
2: right you've got eternity mate but can you get on with it quickly because we're in a different time zone down here from olivia beards dear clinton and Linda. I'd like to share my spooky story with you and apologise if it's a load of rubbish.
3: I'm a librarian at a university in Birmingham. Oh, I wonder which university that could be. <laughs> I'd like to preface this by saying that I live in Wolverhampton. Yes, I go
2: I get there a lot to Wolverhampton. Commute lovely. takes
3: around an hour um, and ha- half on buses and trains, so I could very well be sleep-deprived, but I maintain that this did, in fact, happen.
2: Yeah, needless detail.
3: I usually work in a large and busy library on campus, but I do one day a week at a smaller library owned by the uni at the back end, Birmingham.
2: Oh, get on with it. Other staff members warned me that they'd heard unsettling noises and seen and seen people in rooms that disappeared when entering said rooms. But I thought they were winding me up as I'm relatively new at working at this smaller library and I'm a good few years younger than the other staff members. Alright. However, on my second shift at this small library, I witnessed something that still makes me a bit unsettled every time I go into the staff room to have my break. When making a cup of tea, the bin started shaking. Whoa!
3: Vibrating, possibly, as if there was something in the bin. In
5: Linda put wrong
3: paper in recycling. I right. Terrified that it was a rat, a bit implausible, but I am in Birmingham. Yeah. Raced, I raced to the bin and looked into it. There was nothing in there. No rubbish, certainly no rat. I took a step back thinking I'd been seeing things, but the bin started shaking again.
2: I abandoned my tea, took my dinner with me and sat in the office, telling a staff member that I couldn't get any reception in the staff room so I'd have my break in the office. The most impressive story, I admit, but I thought I'd share as I could do with some of that Clinton and Linda wisdom. All the best, love and light, Liv Beards. Let's speak to Olivia. (laughs) I'm here with Olivia, or Liv, as she calls herself. Liv, you're phoning from Wolverhampton, am I correct?
5: You are, I am. (laughs) And uh, tell me, are you still working in a library? I am indeed. I'm working over in Birmingham at the moment. And do
2: you, genuinely, serious question, is it much more than stamping books and saying shush to people? Not much more, no. (laughs) No, all right, okay. Well, I tried to make the job sound a bit more interesting, but I think we can all agree, (laughs) it ain't showbiz. Live Listen, tell me that a lot of people would say, "Oh, come on, there's a bloody car going past or it's it, it's over a tube system or a train or a juggernaut what 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 was happening with this bin? and please make it entertaining and informative and brief
5: um so, I was working over in a little library in Birmingham that right. a yeah. university owns. And I'd heard some stories. People had said, oh, it's haunted. There's oh. people in rooms that when you go in there, they disappear. And I just thought, because I'm a little bit younger than everyone else, that they yeah. would just me on. Yes. Um, yes. So I went into the staff room and I was making myself a cup of tea on my break. And mm. I had the kettle
2: on, yeah. and I'm just sort of making myself, you know, cosy, and then yes. the bin starts moving. Right. Uh, my love, I know you said there was no rat in it, there was no vibrating <laughs> vibrator in it. Why was it, what makes you think it was a ghost? I mean, why, I, I mean, because it, on the face of it you go, oh, that's a bit odd, but, but mm. was it because these people had shit you up with this talk of a ghost?
5: Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a sceptic right, to right. you know, people believing um in all of this. I think it could happen. But like yeah. I said, there was I I stupidly I put my hand in because I thought if oh. there is something in there, I'm gonna get it out. <laughs> oh
2: my god, that's brave of you. Bloody hell. You, you won't be What's stamping stupid? a big rat in there, you won't be stamping any more books with that hand, would you? Bloody hell. And there was nothing in it. Nothing in it at all. So what happened after that? When it stopped, you said to these funny old wicked spinster librarians, uh, you know, that there's something in there. What did they say? Yes, I told you. Or did they say, did they not believe you or what?
5: They just sort of looked at me and said, I'm not surprised. Looked to you and Um, said, could
2: you please take these large prints back to the biography shelf? Thank you, my love. So so what else happened? Is there anything else after that that that, that convinced you?
5: Um, I remember up at the top of the library, there's these sort of little study rooms that people can go up into yes. and book. And um, I knocked on the door because it was near closing time. And yeah. I said, oh, excuse me. And I heard someone go, just a minute. <sighs> I'm waiting. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to knock again. Yeah. So I knocked, I opened the door and there was there was nobody in there.
2: Oh bloody hell. Is it an old library? Is it a library with a history of
5: anything odd? It's it was bought it was built in the year that I was born, so it's twenty-seven oh. years old, so really? I hope that's not considered old. Oh my love, not
2: from where I'm standing. No, definitely not. Not at my age. It's
5: very, very young. <laughs> um but I've I've been told that there's a cemetery nearby. And there is um, a Quaker college and a Christian college as well. So I don't know whether there's some sort of religious...
2: Yes, it's what's a sort of ley line triangle going on in the area. Now, just tell me about... I'm very interested, this is genuine, about being a, a librarian. Yeah. What's the best thing about it? What's the worst thing about it?
5: Um... Well, the best thing about it for me is because I'm incredibly boring, I just have loads of books on loan and never get asked to bring them back. Which right. is always... Do you read a lot of books? Um, I, I do, but I wouldn't necessarily say that helps my intellect at all. <laughs>
2: what sort of books do you read? Because I want to ask you something in a second, this is deadly serious,
5: go okay. on um well i like a lot of fiction books um but mainly um i've got oh, this is so boring i've got a no, degree in shakespeare so i read a lot of shakespeare things i've got
2: something to tell you live right okay. now you're gonna love this did you see uh, uh graham norton on friday night they had dame judy dench on yes. right dame judy was talking about a book did you see her talking mm-hmm. about a book? That is co-written by yes. my director of my show, Brendan O'Hay, who's a director at The Globe. And he, and I've just literally, before I spoke to you on this Zoom call, I was speaking to him about the show. So please come along, and I know he'd love to meet you. And, you know, because he's a he's a Shakespeare bloody expert, the fella. Why yes. he's directing my, filth, uh, my show, yes. I do not know. Well listen, I want to ask you about this. Be- being a, a Shakespeare wallet and being someone who likes great literature, when I go on when I go touring like up and down the country mm-hmm. and when I do my sacred readings at weekends, I thought to myself, I cannot spend all my time listening to music, listening to sort of boring radio programs, not that interesting. I'm going to get a book from, and also you take potluck slightly with podcasts, right? I'm going to get a book from Audible. And I picked up a book by Robert Galbraith called Lethal White, okay? It is it is read by Robert Glenister, the, uh, the actor. I am struggling through this thing. I keep waiting to be lost in this book. And I, I don't know whether I've got ADHD. I find it so hard to read and concentrate. And even just driving huge distances, I can't concentrate on this bloody book. What should I listen to as a first port of call?
5: Oh, okay. So, um, I listen to... I actually, I've got this app called Borrow Box, and it's linked to local libraries, and you can get loads of books.
2: Borrow that. box. That's Borrow Box, everyone. Yes. Well, okay.
5: I'm actually reading a book at the moment called "You'd Look Better as a Ghost." Ah, really? Is it spooky? It is quite spooky because it's about a woman who is sort of delving into being a serial killer. Right. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Um, but she's sort of not quite sure what's reality or not at the moment, so. Okay, well look,
2: I'm going to pick that up for my next travel. Liv, I've got to thank you so very, very much. Thank you for getting in touch. Please, if you do experience anything else at that library or in any subsequent library you work at, please let me know what a joy live thank you so much for ringing in i do appreciate it live everybody live everybody wonderful namaste my love oh we've had a lovely time again linda what are you going to be doing when you leave me now what am I going to be
5: doing? Yeah. I'm going
3: to be going home. Yes. And I'm going to be doing as little as possible. I'm just... I run off my feet, Clinton. I just yes. need to chill out.
2: I think so, because, you know, if you are a school secretary, and you kids, any kids... Listen, I know no kids listen to this. Uh, too busy tweeting. Vaping. TikTok dancing and, and, uh, and, and playing it's shitty music on the back of buses. <laughs> but when you when you are a school secretary like linda yeah. um, it is exhausting so you do need a holiday don't you those lunch boxes don't walk themselves up the stairs when you forget them at home you that's know. that's right exactly so uh, linda's going to go and just put her feet up yeah. i am going to edit this shit of this show <laughs> and lots of love until next time listen just a gentle reminder we are doing shows at the hundred club in london's fancy west end you'll need cheering up in january sunday january the 28th Sunday, February the 11th. Come on. What? Ideal Christmas present. Ideal Christmas present. <laughs> and if you don't like that, why don't you get tickets to my forthcoming UK Tour Roller Ghost. Go to clintonbaptiste.com forward slash tour and buy some tickets because it'll be very echoey in these massive venues with just me on my own. You tight sods. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you, come on. Some of you don't pay for this, do you? I know you are. All right. Lots of love. Until next time. Namaste. Bye,
5: everyone.
2: Why thanks to Linda Pollock, to Nina Coward, Sally Ann Hayward, Jack Gleddo and Liv Beards. And of course Thanks to Glow for writing and singing this beautiful music. Why don't you come and see me, Glow, uh, various comedians, hilarious comedians, on Sunday, January the 28th at the 100 Club in London, or Sunday, February the 11th. Doors at 6.30, show at 7. It's night and early, you'll get home, all right? <laughs> Go to wegottickets.com and look for Clinton Baptiste's Sunday Seance. And of course, if you don't fancy that, come and see me on tour, my UK tour roller coaster. You're going to love it from March 2024. As soon as I stop talking to you and get back to writing the flipping thing, go to ClintonBaptiste.com forward slash tour. Thank you. That's enough hard sell for now. yeah, needless detail. Say now.